This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann, it's always Bay Dunedin, and I'm joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. Good afternoon, Mawera. Are you ready for level two? Uh, I am. Uh, my children are desperate for level two. I'm a little less desperate because I don't really want them to go back to school. You've been enjoying having them around the house. I've loved it. Every minute of it, actually. This, this, it has been such a treat to have the extra time, especially with our 17-year-old, because he's only home until the end of this year then off to uni so that was a bit of a treat really and we are joined by i've got no idea where where you are we are joined by dave tex smith welcome i'm uh, i'm here in uh Urunui, um in taranaki little mm. seaside town and what's it like in Urunui? uh Urunui is um yeah, no, it's it's uh, been a really lovely day tonight, so that's cool. We're just getting ready for. Um, I'm actually sitting in the um, the old town hall, um, tea room and cafe, just getting that ready for when we can open it back up um, as we go into level two. So we've been rearranging the tables and um, getting it all prepped and giving it a bit of flair and style and. Um, looking at the story of the of Urunui and um, and and what this building was in the past and where we're going in the future. What is the story of Urunui? I'm glad you asked that because um, I can say I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, um, so it's just yeah. random stuff filling up for the story in the in the cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no the. Um, uh, I guess the town hall has a story, and the proprietor is upstairs listening in. And <laughs> and and my role is really to to be here and brainstorm um, how we um, bring the community back into this as a living building, not just a cafe, but as a place where where um, the community can get together at night times, or um, how we can maybe use the front rooms for other things. Um, and I think you know the whole part of this lockdown process has has um, communities like this have have looked at their assets and their people and the food that they've grown locally, and um, realised how rich this area is, um, and it's been a revelation. So how do we carry that on? Um, this is part of the exciting story. And how has your bubble been treating you? Um, my bubble has been wonderful. Um, I I have five children. Four of them live in Taranaki, 
And I was fortunate that um, I live on the same property as my son and his wife and my three-year-old granddaughter. So we have this lovely bubble with um, uh, the bush um, at the back of the section. I live in my tiny house. And I can walk into the uh, Huatoki track and walk for an hour all the way from the outskirt of town to the beach in the centre of town without without coming into contact with other people. Um, so what else can you ask for, really? Um, it's, 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 it's been a blessing. And, you know, it's, it's given us a chance to really look at, we've planted a lot of fruit trees, uh, built raised gardens, um, re-evaluated re things, um, got that whole work-life balance back in order. But for me, you know, my, my work is connecting with people around the world. So I'm I'm pretty much connecting like I'm connecting with you today through through audio visual. Um so the work has just become more important, really. So what is your work? Uh, <laughs> difficult one. Um I'm a bit of a neo-generalist, uh, as described by Kenneth Mickelson, um, which is somebody who has had a bit of a dive into lots of different areas. Um, and so I, I, kinda, I, I started doing a lot of community development stuff um, a number of years ago, working with um, small towns um, in Hawke's Bay um, using asset-based community development. And it was during that process I realised how, how important the community was when they're part of um, designing their own futures and, and looking at their values and their histories and how beneficial that was for councils to have, to have the communities themselves writing the district plan rather than the council writing a plan and presenting it to the communities. So during that process, I saw how powerful that was, but I saw how vulnerable um, that process was as well because if it wasn't supported by, by council, um, then it could leave communities feeling um, undervalued. You know, they, they could put a lot of energy in and then have that, that pulled away from them. Um, and so... I really started to look at who was who was really doing stuff around well-being, and and around that time, I, I connected up with a guy called Mark Anielski. Um, Mark Anielski would be most well known for writing um, the Economics of Happiness. Um, you will know probably of Bhutan and and other places. And so, yeah, Mark and I started doing stuff together. And, and, and really, um, a decade or so ago, that, that helped um, inform Treasury um, around wellbeing and, and, and the idea of a wellbeing budget and an, an accounting model for, for wellbeing. So that's where that sort of set me on a bit of a journey. That was a long answer, wasn't it? I'm going to come back and ask you more about well-being and how we've well-being has been the core of the COVID response. But first, I'm going to play one of your tracks. I'm going to play Walk Like an Egyptian.
from the Bengals. Yeah, so I thought I'll pick a couple of songs that that I have a connection to the songwriter, and in this case, um, this is a song that I, I really enjoyed back in the day. Um, it was one of those fun party sort of songs, <laughs> um, but it was a, it was the first song that became a number one um, by an all female band. Um, that was that was pretty cool. Um, and then recently in my lockdown, um, I had the privilege of 
uh, meeting up with um, a guy called Robbie Stamp. Robbie Stamp um, and Douglas Adams, are in, or Douglas Adams, well known for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, Robbie um, produced um, the movie and has the rights to all of Douglas's work. And uh, this feeds into a, a longer story, but um, Jay Roach, who um, was the director for um, Borat movies, Meet the Frockers and Meet the Family and a bunch of other movies, Trumpo. Um, he's married to Suzanne Hoff, who is the one of the girls from from the Bengals. And Robbie and Jay and I are all looking at projects together around storytelling. <laughs> so that's the connection there. That's a pretty cool connection, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Funny who you meet. So in this connecting with people around the world, hey, do you just ring them up? What's how, what, What's the connections? What, what's the trick? Um, yeah. I don't know how it happens, really. Um, it's... In the case of meeting Robbie Stamp, Robbie Stamp was, for, for a long time, um, one of the things that I did which made me kind of got me out there was I created the the world's first talking forest. And, um, and that was really to reconnect um, young people with the environment. Um, and that was done with Doc um, at Pukaha, Mount Bruce. And I've had this mission. Um, ever since that was 2005, to to tell the stories and the mythologies of our land and connect it all together, but to give a voice to nature, um, that was the voice of children speaking on behalf of of trees. Anyway, Robbie Stamp, who was Douglas Adams' business partner and great lifelong friend, um, knew that. The, the, the dream that Rob, what Douglas Adams was all on about was really about seeing the world from other perspectives. Um, his most passionate piece of work was Last Chance to See, um, which was about um, species extinction. And his favourite animal was Sirocco, the kakapo. Um, and there's quite a famous shot of um, Sirocco trying to um, make love to the cameraman in that TV series. Um, Stephen Fry um, was the man on the, on the scene at that, that time. And so Sirocco was the, the bird that forgot how to fly, but then it forgot that it forgot how to fly. <laughs> and so it would climb a tree when it was um, in danger and then jump out thinking it was going to fly. And it wouldn't it always land like a brick on the ground. And this really appealed to Douglas Adams. Um, and, and really, Douglas Adams, uh, you know, he told a story about the puddle that um, sat in the middle of the road that thought the world was built all for the puddle because the, the hole on the road fitted the puddle so well that <laughs> surely the universe is made for the puddle until the sun comes out and it starts to evaporate and disappear. And so Robbie 
Um, Robbie Stant had heard about my talking trees, and this was the thing that Douglas really wanted to be able to do, to give a voice to nature and really to create a sense of humility in, in humans. So we began talking, and, and we've brought in other people. Um, and Jay Roach is one of those interesting characters. Jay Roach is, you know, apart from doing really funny films, um, he's he's got a political voice as well. Um, so, yeah, these are the sort of people I get to meet um, through <laughs> through the grapevine, really. Let's take um, something. Let's take some inspiration from Dunedin's Voice of the Forest from Tahu Mackenzie. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, na mihi aroha nui kia koutou ko Tahu Hau. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved bubbles. And I hope that wherever you are, you're having the opportunity to savour these last few days of Level 3. And I hope that you're having lots of opportunities to do what I'm doing today, which is really slowing down. And something that I've really loved about this time, the gift of this time that we've been given, is that we have been able to do things differently. We have been able to work from home. We have been able to learn new skills so that we can work from home. This has given me more time and I hope that it's given you more time too. So today, when I had the news that some of my Zooms, which I've been really loving as well, had been put off till tomorrow, I thought, wow, this is such a gift for me to really slow down and enjoy this extra time that I've been given today. And as we all know, one of the wonderful things that happens when we do have the opportunity to slow down is that our awareness of our beautiful environment is able to increase and our attention is able to rest in the beauty and the stillness and the abundant love and appreciation to be found in the present moment. And I've just been really enjoying this time of slowing down and as each new thought appears, as each new observation appears, just really enjoying it and loving it and just appreciating it for the gift that it is and however we have been beamed down into our bodies or however we have materialized in our bodies as an incredible triumph of nature's art and a living breathing testament to the incredible cooperation of all life on this planet billions of years as is our current understanding we really see that we are in this beautiful paradise especially here in Aote Porti Stun Eden and I hope that for you wherever you are 
you've noticed a real increase in the bird song and the bird life and the abundance of plants, insects, all life around you. I hope you've noticed increasing in its profusion in your beloved bubble as the space has been allowed for it to grow. And I hope this has been really pleasurable for you. So something else that is wonderful, of course, when we do have the opportunity to slow down, is that often many of the ruminations and the processes of thought that have been bubbling away under the surface subconsciously without our conscious awareness of this process taking place, able to bubble up. And often many of the connections that we've made and we have been enjoying giving some space to are able to bubble up. And new wonderful connections, new wonderful happenings come from them. And this happened for me today. So, rather unexpectedly and excitedly in this time of pondering and allowing new creative visions to arise in my time of stillness and slowness, my beautiful friend, Anna Margaret, who with her amazing daughter, Georgia, who is 12, run Georgia's business, Portahi Poi, so bringing poi to everyone in the world, we were talking about all these exciting projects that we're going to be working on together with Orokanui Eco Sanctuary. And she was talking about you know, the wonderful time she's been having in her beloved bubble, but how for some people it has been a harder time. And just like in the creation story, just like in that beautiful Pūrako when all the children of Ranganui and Papatonuku are squashed in between Ranganui and Papatonuku and in their nako and their heart and in their whakaro and their thinking they can see our world, our marama, the world of light and they know that it's their taki, they know that it's their mission to make it and then they have to make space between Papatonuku and Rakanui in order for that world to be born. It's such a, an intense moment in that purako when, when everybody's squashed together. So we were talking about that energy in terms of this wonderful time we've had in our beloved bubbles and how for some people it hasn't been easy. And so I think that something she drew to my attention is that the best work that we can do is really this creative work and when we allow ourselves the care, the time, the space, the slowness to invite those new creative ideas forward and we care for ourselves, we are able to do the healing work that we are here to do and however we do that, everybody does it differently, we are all helping each other and so for those of us who haven't had the easiest time in our bubbles over this time, I really know that by doing the best 
work that we can and the best self-care that we can. We are helping each other. And so I hope that for you, you're able to take some time slowing down over these next few days before we enter level two. And I really hope that some wonderful creative energy comes forward for you in that beautiful space that you've created. And I'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks so much. Kakite. One of my favourite lines from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was when Douglas Adams was describing the Vogon ships that were getting ready to obliterate the Earth to make way for the hyperspace bypass. <laughs> and uh, and he wrote that the, the, the Vogon ships hung in the air in the same way that Brits don't. <laughs> I just thought that was the most beautiful bit of writing and it just reminded me of Sirocco and that might be one of the yeah. reasons why Douglas Adams liked it so much. Yeah, you know, there's, there's um, when I started talking to Robbie, I thought this is great because I've been looking at um, Indigenous culture and, and storytelling and, and, and a lot of that is uh, historical stuff. And, and, and then talking to Robbie, Robbie's a really interesting man um, with a, uh, his mum's very interesting as well. Robbie also sits as the chair of the Global Governance Group on Artificial Intelligence um, with a mandate to ensure that the human voice or the human is, is the final decider on things and not an algorithm, you know. Um, so he brings um, some parts to, to my greater vision together, but the, the humour and the science fiction aspect of Hitchhikers, um, you know, our, our proposition is that um, this time, let's all pull together as a planet instead of having that and save the planet um, from being destroyed, but not from uh, um, aliens making a, um, a superhighway, but from ourselves. So how, how do we bring both mythology together and, and Dr. Spock and Ford Prefect and all of these other wonderful characters um, on board. Um, no, but in that case, so, in that case, yeah. the plans the plans were hidden away in a filing cabinet in the basement or wherever they were. In this case, the plans to destroy the Earth are pretty well known. We're choosing to ignore them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the answer is forty-two. <laughs> So what have you been working on while you've been in this bit of bubble paradise? Um, I had a couple of key projects. Um, one is we have, uh, we have a, a, a profit for good called Kiwi Clean Living, and um, we have um, been – Getting um, these smokeless um, um, bio biofuel ovens to people around the Pacific Islands. Um, half half of half the Pacific Islands still cook open fires, and so lung disease, eye disease, um, stillborn babies, all of that sort of stuff is a, a real problem. Apart from aside from the diabetes, so. So we we um, we work with the RSE workers that are here from the islands, and we do cooking classes with them, 
um, because they don't eat very well when they're away from home. And we 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 sell them these, well, allow them to pay off these these clean burning stoves, and they also run lights and they recharge your cell phones. So it addresses um, a few issues. So so that was the first product. Then we developed um, what we call a Zico bag, which is a zero energy cook oven, um, which is um, a little bag where you can bring your food to the boil on your on our smokeless fire and put it into the cook bag and the food will carry on cooking for another six or seven hours um, without losing temperature in this all-natural bag. So it allows families to it, – what it really does is it frees women from hanging around over open fires or smoky old fires or using expensive fuels to go and do other stuff. And it means that they can do things with their children, they can run a light. Um, it really is ending a whole pile of different things. So Kiwi Clean Living, that's that's one project, and that's kind of dear to my heart. And it's it's about simple things that make big big changes to people's lives. Okay. And just, just, just having those guys here working from the islands, and I was involved in designing that scheme, um, it, it just gives us a chance to do the educational side of things. So this has been, um, this has been a chance to do what now? What have you been able to do over the last six weeks or so? Over the, over the lockdown, um, we've really used that time to 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 work on the new product um, and to work on on the, on on looking at the the way we we distribute things. So it's been a planning time for us. Um, because the other thing is that the workers uh, have been locked down um, here while they're here. So, so for them, it's also been a time to use this sort of technology to connect with families and um, and really to, to look at other things. So it's been very useful. So um, you're, yeah. your second music choice, I'm just going to push on with your second music choice because I know you're a storyteller and we don't have several hours. Second music choice. What's the story behind this one? Um, this is um, Tex Pistol. Um, Tex Pistol or Ian Morris from the Dudes um, was my business partner um, when I lived in Hawke's Bay. We, um, I, the only thing I've ever brought on Trade Me was a 1947 London double-decker bus. <laughs> and uh, when I brought it, I rang... Ian Morris, because I knew he loved double-decker buses, and I said, Ian, would you like to be a part owner of a double-decker? So Ian was my business partner. Um, sadly, he died um, a couple of months later. And um, But this song was one, the last time I saw him was in the Cabana Hotel, and I was the only one sitting in the bar um, one other person was there, and he walked in, got up on the stage, and sang the song. So, yeah, it's got that connection for me. That's a cool story. Love, love.
I did have to check that we were allowed to play that today because it's 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 not very LGBTQ plus friendly if you were going to remake it now what do you think it might look what what might the line be purpose of a person is to love another person yeah um I guess you could just add in a whole pile of Lines, <laughs> all, all the variations in the world. <laughs> or what would Douglas Adams do? <laughs> yeah. The purpose of the puddle is to love the sun. The purpose of the sun is to love the puddle. Come on, baby, let's evaporate with me. <laughs> or to me. What do you think is going to stick from all the changes we've seen in the last couple of months? And what do you hope will stick? Um, yeah, I, I hope that, um, that, that pe- people have started to, you know, that we, were, we were forced to slow down. Um, we were kept away from the convenience stuff. We found time to do the things that the time bandits had stolen from us. And I, I just know through my son, for instance, um, he got to spend a lot of time because um, he'd normally work a dozen hours a day at least with his his daughter and his wife. And, you know, we were he was looking at building a bigger house and now it's all thinking, well, maybe we don't need a bigger house. We we can do more with our garden. And so, you know, we planted a lot of fruit trees and built raised gardens to, to that sort of stuff. And I think I've kind of picked that up from other people as well, that they've really looked at what they have instead of what they want, um, you know, um, instead of importing something, you know, this is this is the real stuff. And... I don't think there are many people that haven't really appreciated having this having this time. I just hope we don't fall back into old habits and go for cheap. 
all the time. You know, go for the cheap, important stuff. Um, it's going to be really so, difficult, though, well, not to rush around like crazy things tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be a few people wanting to do a bit of retail therapy and stuff. Um, and, and there's, you know, one of the hard things was, was for, for me was not being able to see my other children who were just around the corner. And so that's, that's going to be nice to do that. Um, but I really do, you know, we've seen how much the planet has bounced back in a very short space of time. And that's going to get reversed again in a very short space of time as well. So I hope we take that on board. We have very short memories. So, you know, I've, I've been proud almost to tears with how well we as a country have handled things, especially looking overseas at other places. Um, we have done so well. And that I think that whole communication thing has been very clear. Um, you know, the team, the team of five million. So, you know, I, I, I on the 1st of March, just before lockdown, um, I hosted the World Futures Day. That was a 24-hour event online. And um, I've had a lot of those people sort of come back and, and sort of want to know more about about this country and, and how we do things. The thing, you know, I, I don't think we appreciate it as much as other people outside. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer and conversationalist, observing city life in lockdown. Well, hello there bubble people, Liesel here. How's it going? Hope you're having a great day. Um, is it cold? Who knows? Is it is it warm? Probably not. No, it might be. Dunedin, hey. I always have to talk about the weather. We do talk about the weather, don't we? Even um, even though I, I always think whenever I go to a cafe, remember those special cafe times? Yeah, moment for cafe times. No, whenever I used to go to a cafe, I would uh, always sort of say to the barista or the person serving me, so how's the weather? And is this the most boring question that you get asked constantly, every single day, with every single customer, the go-to on the weather, they're like, yeah, it's always really nice when people can come up with a different topic of conversation. <laughs> but as we've been in bubble land, you know, um, topics of conversation are probably a little bit thin on the ground because we don't have an awful lot going on at the moment. So um, weather, weather is always a constant source of uh, change, interest, um, it affects us all. Um, yeah, we're, we're united, we're linked by our, by our weather systems. <laughs> but what I was going to talk about uh, today was actually more about like some of the amazing stuff that has been going on uh, while we have been um, saving lives by staying home. There's been a lot of people working super hard and I think there's been hopefully a lot of appreciation for those people who have continued to work for us and um, looking after us and uh, and I also think some of the work that's being done um, obviously our health staff and our people that are keeping essential services running are doing an amazing job um, and very much grateful for all of that 
but um, I've been sort of recently thinking also about all the people who are doing all this sort of background research on uh, COVID-19 and while we're bubbling away um, I uh, I've been reading lots and you know obviously lots of things pop up in our lovely social media spaces but something popped up in the last couple of days that I just thought was fascinating and I you know just realized that this this virus hasn't been around very long you know it's it's only been around for five or six months hasn't it um so the fact that in this very short period of time scientists have been you know at high speed gathering as much information as they can to kind of keep up with what's happening and try to predict what might happen next i mean it's an incredible process and this article i was reading yesterday i think it was or the day before one of those days in the last week or so who knows the days hey blurred blur into one but um this was all about how the virus has actually changed and mutated over time and um the kind of uh sort of analysis that they can do on this means that they can actually work out um exactly when the virus mutated at each of these points right down to the date and where this where this would have occurred so then as the virus has mutated and moved around they're saying that they can then track sort of which strain of the virus has come to New Zealand so New Zealand apparently is putting together a database of all the strains of the virus that exist here and being able to track the sort of mutations as they've occurred in the virus as it's evolved um, in all the cases of COVID-19 that we've had here so while that might sound a little bit kind of um, freaky it's also this amazing science that's going on in the background trying to understand the virus and also New Zealand as a quite unique little micro bubble um, of the world we've got um, the opportunity to sort of seal off our borders and um, and just have a really good look at what's going on right here in a contained kind of little environment so Hopefully the information they're collecting will help um, not only New Zealand understand a bit more about this, but um, actually other countries in the world as well. So I just think, um, you know, taking a moment to think about all these people who have continued to work. Um, some of you will be continuing to work too, I'm sure. And um, the fact that there's been a lot of activity going on, even though some of us have felt like, oh, we're missing out. There's not much happening. Um, the world's shut down. But actually... All the stuff's bubbling away under the surface and um, it's good to be grateful to those people and grateful for the information that we've got access to also. Anyway, gratefulness, it's a wonderful tool. I hope you're all thankful for something today and uh, take care of yourselves. We'll talk soon. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Dave Tex Smith. Where's the tax from? Uh, I had a company called WebTex. And um, the, I, I kind of like to put a bit of fun into my branding. So we had cowboy badges um, that we wore um, for our business cards. And I happened to employ a lot of Indians. So there was a kind of a cowboy and Indian theme. And they, they used to call me Mr. Dex. Mr. Dex, what did I do now? So Tex kind of stuck in the middle um, and, and when looking for me online it was a lot easier to find Dave Tex Smith than Dave Smith there's a lot of Dave Smiths 
yeah, my doctor had 12. I had to describe myself quite a lot before he knew who I was. <laughs> we were talking before about the communication. The communication is one of the things that they've done really well. And the other thing that we've talked to quite a lot of people about is that they've pulled off kindness as a policy. It's a it's a thing. It's not just a platitude. It can drive decision making. I suppose that comes from that that focus on on well being that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, and uh, this is this is part of a couple of different projects. Um, oh, one is uh, about um, recognizing value and contribution in things. And and some of the value that, that our monetary system at the moment isn't really based on the full set of value and and, and recognizing that value um, as experiential or as as um, something that's fungible. Um, and so whether it's seeing the value of a native forest or seeing the value of a volunteer, voluntary contribution to a community. Um, we just expect it, and and there is there is no ongoing recognition. So that's something that I've been working with some economists um, on how we do that. And I think you know we New Zealand at the moment with the wellbeing budget is that we we can create an accounting model that that looks at more capital value. It, it looks at the, cap, the, the capital value of an individual, of a community, of an environment, of the in, infrastructure, and and in the economics. And then out of those values, there are 105 other indicators that that point to the well-being of of a society. And so it's not that we can't do that anymore. We can actually. Um, Create models that um, that start to recognise these things, and and I think we are at the point where if anybody can, we can. If anybody, you know, we, we Helen Clark um, tapped into one of my postings yesterday on Facebook. We're that sort of a place. Um, this time last year, I met Jacinta um, at the transition. Summit, and she said, "Oh, Dave Tech Smith, I know you from Facebook." <laughs> um, and it's kind of like this is who we are. Uh, and and Mawera, you know, last time we met in Wellington, um, you just—it's just so connected. It's, there's just that two degrees of separation. And throwing kindness in there, um, you know, that's 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 what we like to see our sportsmen, you know. Humble and honourable, you know, when the cricket players, you know, help that guy that was injured. That's that's part of our character, and I think we we can forget that sometimes. So I have some questions to end with, and we've got about four minutes to get through them all. So I'll have to edit. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, crikey. Um, probably helping to catalyse what become the bioregion uh, on the East Coast. 
um, Rua Bioactives, um, and that was really just giving a talk on um, on biodiversity, um, the future of work, and housing. And so I'm working on the housing part of it now with HabFab, Hab, Habitat Fabrication. Um, they set up um, Rua Bioactives, which um, was really funded by the community in Ruatoria. Um, that they uh, they should be acknowledged and and show show as a showcase for community and and community solving their own problems and really pulling themselves up and influencing policy in the process. So just having a little catalytic part in seeding that whole process and because what I did is I gave a talk about the stuff about the viability of Kanuka and stuff. And then I brought in a bunch of scientists that I met who volunteered their time, and that really just got them started. Um, so that I think that is the thing that I'm most happy about most recently because it can be replicated. So we're writing a book of these conversations. We're calling it Tomorrow's Heroes, the team of people doing good work. So you're at our mansion. What's the superpower that got you there? The superpower. Um, I, I write a bunch of children's books, and in the books, I am Captain Conceptualist. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's by conceptual thinking and linking that um, that is my superpower. I see things a little bit differently. Um, as if I've come out of a frozen block of ice and looked at the world and went, oh, hey, have you tried doing this? I think what happens is that we, we we have this incremental change and sometimes we just keep on trying to improve something that is broken instead of looking at it from a fresh set of eyes. And I tend to, I'm not a specialist, so I tend to look at things from a different way. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Um, I, I'm bloody-minded, um, so I don't give up when I have a fall, and I've had a few of those. Um, and I think that is one of those things, you know, when I gave that talk in Ruatoria, it was really to the, the two young Māori guys sitting up front, not the economic development people, um, because, you know, anybody can do, can, can, can live their dreams. You just have to believe. And it sounds so clichéd. Um, so, yeah, I, I do fight for what I believe is right. Um, and I really respect brave people. Mawera is one of those. She is indeed. Do you have any advice for our listeners? Don't listen to this. <laughs> no, no oh. do listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, one of the most amazing people I met in the running out of time was Patch Adams. And Patch Adams always made a point of connecting with everybody and finding their story. Everybody has a story. See things from from other people's through other people's eyes. Find out what their story is because it's not just what's on the surface. Dig a little bit deeper and you'll you'll find the magic. So connect. Mawira, did you have anything to wrap us up? 
Um, I think that I and probably others who are listening will be Google mapping how to get from where they are to where Dave is right now oh, to go and check out the cafe <laughs> and have a cup of coffee with Dave. I thoroughly recommend that. It would be lovely to see them. What plans have you got for the next? Well, tomorrow, but then after that. Um, yeah, tomorrow um, we're. Um, I'm just building a couple of um, websites for um, um, Kiwi Clean Living and our new product, and catching up with uh, Robbie Stamp and um, a very interesting collection of people he's collected. He, he likes to work with seven people, so we've got the ex head of Oxfam and and um, a couple of other people, and we're putting our heads together to um, see what we can do in this post-COVID environment. So having conversations, that's what I'll be doing. In a very eclectic-looking cafe. Yes. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Liesl Mitchell. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I've been joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. And we were joined by Dave Tech-Smith in Uranui. Near New Plymouth. Yep. I just made that bit up. Is it near New Plymouth? Yeah, it is. Look at that. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.